0: rob is a record promotion legend case closed his work ethic his imagination his willingness to see his vision through to the very last breath has made him great it also made more than one record biz finance person shake their heads in amazement But rob graciously drove his awesome 69 camaro out to disgrace land music to be bludgeoned by yours truly this car is so killer I told the Divine Miss Amy that if I ever had a bucket list, the bucket's going to have to be Camaro-shaped. But here's my friend, co-worker, sometimes co-conspirator, Rob Dalton. Rob Dalton. Bartolman. Good grief. How long has it been? It's been a minute. It's been like 12 years. A few minutes. <laughs> of, it's been like, a, like it an hour, been a
1: maybe. While. Yeah, for sure.
0: Dang. You've been, uh, you look great.
1: Thank you. You look very happy. You do too. I am happy. I like happy. Happy's good.
0: I've been happy and I've been sad and I like happy. Happy's much
1: better. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, you were born around here, correct?
1: Yeah, I was born in Vanderbilt Hospital, Nashville.
0: Do you remember what room?
1: Uh, I believe that was through, (laughs) I I only think they had 12 rooms at the time, so (laughs) 12A. 12 (laughs) a 12 b for baby yeah i've been here my uh, my 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 entire life yeah so far so far yes so far although i i was pressured pretty hard to move to cleveland at one time Uh, sony had wanted me to move to cleveland
0: why what did you do
1: I said no. No, but I mean who did you
0: make mad if they wanted you to
1: Well we had that. well we had that and there was no represent no no country representation in the Cleveland branch. Right. And why do we need a country representation in the Cleveland branch? But I, it was
0: I guess I didn't have Cleveland. But I
1: I had Chicago and Cleveland and the Mid Atlantic branch and so it was and I just you know, you could go there. Sure. Once a month and get what you need to get done. You don't have to live there necessarily. So,
0: yeah, when I was at RCA, I went to Chicago and Detroit and Minneapolis at least once a month. Yeah, to check in and
1: yeah, that's about all you need. Yeah. there. so it was uh, it was funny. They put, they it was unusually kind of pressured pressure there.
0: I like those. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't want you to feel any pressure, but uh, I want you to think about moving yeah,
1: but to Cleveland. Thi- yeah, this could really uh, enhance your chances for advancement. <laughs> okay, I'll take my chances. <laughs> I go <going> to Cleveland.
0: <laughs> so, so you're saying if I go there, you'll get me back?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, oh, I'm, no. I'm,
0: I don't know, man. So, were you at, uh, in a musical family?
1: Uh, not, not, not really. Uh, I did find out. That my great grandfather was, we well, he, he, see he he passed away when my grandmother was two, so we don't know much about him. We have one picture of him; he's standing in some kind of band military looking uniform with a clarinet. Anyway, that's the only picture that we have. Of him. All right. But later we found that he was also a composer, so there was two really? published compositions that we found, and um and it it kind of tied in with a with a uh, with a family dispute that's been going on my entire life of are we Spanish or are we Mexican. Oh. And um and oh. so there was some pretty strong feelings on both sides of that and one of the compositions was across the border. So I go back to the family. I th- you yeah, I think we're Mexican, I think. I don't know. We ended up doing one of those DNA tests and I'm Irish so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: of the lesser-known Spanish-Irish. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: So, do you remember what the songs were called?
1: Yeah, one was called Across the Border, oh, uh, and the other was yeah. called uh, Mario Poso.
0: What does that mean? I have no Is idea. Is that a person's name?
1: I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I should probably know that, but I don't.
0: Have you been to Ireland?
1: Uh, no, but we are uh, planning on going to Ireland. It's awesome. I would love to go to Ireland. I had been to Spain, and that was, you know, uh, uh, we were in Ronda, where the oldest bull ring is, is in oh, Ronda, wow. right? And uh, as we're walking to go just check it out, uh, across the street was a Pedro Romero Hotel. Well, that was my great-grandfather's name, was Pedro Romero, right? And I'm like, oh, look, Pedro's got a hotel. <laughs> and, uh, and we walk into the, 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 the rink, right? and there's a statue of a Pedro Romero. And they, he was credited with the the cape dance in bullfighting, you know. And so I, it's like what they do before that. I don't know how they did that. Was he
0: holding a clarinet?
1: He was no, he was holding a little, one of those little capey things, right? Of course, it was six hundred years ago, but um, that's when I'm thinking. I don't know. It's really common name over there. I don't. I don't know if his name's even Pedro Romero. Now he could have come to the country and. Be like you or I going to a new country, and they say, what's your name? You go, I'm Elvis Presley. you right. start a new life. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also with a cape.
1: Uh, yeah, right. Like, like <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Kind of the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> That's interesting. So I wonder how you guys got so, not sidetracked, but misunderstood from Ireland to... Spain or Mexico, I wonder how that happened.
1: Yeah, it was just uh, my grandmother's mom and dad. So the mom was from Ireland, the dad was from, you know, we don't, that's what we don't know. Because some of the documents that we have are misleading, you know. There's some that say, there was one that had uh, actually a Spanish origin and one had a Mexican origin.
0: Okay. yeah, that DNA stuff is very interesting because my wife and her brother are both adopted. So they've been doing all that stuff. and yeah. it's, it's fascinating, man.
1: It is fascinating. What's disturbing is that it changes.
0: How does that happen?
1: Is the pool because oh, as okay. the pool enlargens uh, of, of people who contribute to it. Because if there's no one, for instance, that from Australia... That's contributing their DNA to the to to, to, to the to the sample. You, it won't show Australian. Hmm. So it was like, oh, okay. So this, you would think it's DNA. It doesn't. Yeah. How can it change? Well, the sample base changes, okay. and so results change because of that. I did it. So too I have you. no idea what I am. I don't know.
0: You're just darn handsome, is what you are.
1: <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs>
0: So you went to MTSU. I did. You graduated in record, recording industry management. I did. So you were headed to the music biz. When did you decide, I mean, how old were you when you decided you wanted to get in the music biz?
1: Well, it's funny. I uh, One of my high school friend's mom worked at Ronnie Millsap Studios. Oh, wow. And we were just, it was an afternoon, and he had to stop by there, pick something up, and... Um, and I walked into the to the studio, and I just I was just I just knew yeah. like, this I want to be a part of this. This yeah. is cool, and um then that's kind. Of, and then I went to school, and for that, and I started out on the engineering side of things. Oh, you did, and uh, and then realized that maybe I should go the business route, you know. And then then I about halfway through switched over to. Uh, uh, A business minor in pre-law I was actually also kind of headed to to thinking I was going to go to law school and um and then I got an internship at CBS records and um that was I just man I just worked 40 hours a week there and in the A&R department and um who was
0: doing A&R then
1: uh, uh Larry Hamby was there uh-huh. who I guess he 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 signed Mary Chapin carpenter kind of in that area uh Steve Buckingham oh yeah uh margie hunt she yeah. was there and i I was like their first intern so um they didn't know w- what to do with me they'd never really had an intern and they were like so what do you what do you do well <laughs> like, I, I don't know whatever you want me to do and you're here, and there's there's a class
0: for this stuff. Are we paying you? And, no, no. Uh, no,
1: no, not no. at all. So, I said, well, I, I do whatever. Uh, okay, well, there's a whole, there's a pile, a stack of cassettes that were solicited material to, to the A and R department, and they were just sitting in the floor. And he goes, all these need to be logged with a on this little pink, about a five by seven card. On who the publisher was, the writer was. You know, they need to log them all. I said, "Okay, I, I knew that. I went to college, and uh,
0: <laughs> I am studying law."
1: And so uh, there was. Uh, so these were songs or artists? They were songs. Okay, they were songs, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start right now. Where do I, where do I sit?" They said, well, we don't <laughs> really have a place for you to sit. <laughs> Silly boy. We gotta,
0: room. so hall.
1: I went, I said, I'll be right back. And I went and I scoured through the old CBS building and I found a closet and it had a chair with the little arms on it and a coffee leaf that came out of a coffee oh, table. Sweet. And so I took those two things and I put the coffee leaf on the, on the, on the, on the arms of the chair and <laughs> had, I think probably a stapler and, you know, had a little desk paraphernalia right there and, and I just went at it. In the album closet, so there was I was set up. That's where was in the album closet where we had all the promo copies man. sitting there, and, and I did that for three months, and then they then they created the position in the A and R department, and I um, I'm like man, I got this. I'm doing the job actually. Right. I mean it's I'm actually the job they they're hi- hiring for. I'm literally have been doing it for three months. Who better? Well, the mailroom guy. They gave it to the mailroom guy. That, apparently who was better than than me. So I didn't. Um, uh-huh. I didn't. Uh, so he got it. But that opened up the mailroom job. And they said, "Do you want that job?" Well, well, yeah. It actually pays something, right? Yeah. He goes, "Oh, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, heck yeah. I'll start there." <laughs> and I did. So, which was maybe the greatest place you could start. I don't even. It was a great place for someone to start at a record company because you were in, in everybody's kind of business and you couldn't really hurt things very badly. Yeah. Except for I did break Willie Nelson's one-of-a-kind crystal dove that BMI gave him on a TNN uh, uh, network special. There's a few uh-huh. things you can break, but not uh-huh. many, you know. Not many at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I And I did that for about a year. And so- then...
0: Do, do people know that, or did you just let something out of the bag here?
1: I, they, You know, it wasn't a secret because it was one of my first tests of. because uh, the next morning—well, what's funny is that <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> he was getting all these different awards from all these dignitaries in Nashville, and mm. I was the guy that took all the presents or gifts— from the pretty girl that was on the stage you know right. and then i was off very to the side of the stage it mm-hmm. was a television special and so i took little stuff and and i was supposed to display it for the reception afterwards and i had everything all displayed out you know and and um I, and and I, I i step back i look at it and and i went you know it looks pretty good except for the dove or the eagle or whatever the bird is needs to be moved over about an inch. And it had like about a two foot wingspan oh, on it, you know, man. and it was crystal and beautiful. And uh and and I got a buddy to help me. I said, Okay, we just need to move it about an inch. An inch. Right. Right? Make a big difference. One, two, three, move it, bird falls off, <laughs> breaks at the wing. <laughs> And I'm freaking out, and there's I didn't know what to do. And it was at the uh, being taped at the Opryland Hotel. Nice. So I went and found a maintenance guy, got some crazy glue, glued that puppy back together, and <laughs> and was freaking out. I thought my career's over. It's over. <laughs> it's done. I'm just finished. And um,
0: well, that was fun.
1: Uh, yeah, Kathy had said. My wife had uh, came back after the reception was about to start. And I said, "How's everything look?" She goes, "It looks great, except there's a hairline crack in that dove right there, or that's whatever the bird was." And so they, my boss, had asked me if I knew anything about it, and I went, "Oh," because she goes, "I think the maintenance people broke it." I'm like, "Oh, there's my out. Oh, it's a test. Oh, there's my out. There's the test. No, I did it. I did it. I did it." And so they had to make another one. And, they were going to give me the broken one but I never got it. Mm. Makes me sad. Well,
0: you must have done a couple of things right because you uh made it all the way up to VP. I did. How long How long from intern? How long were you at Sony? Or, or I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was there CBS. 15 years. 15? 15 years and so I was Man. vice president for 9 years. Yeah. So I I I ripped through there pretty good. I but yeah. I did every job. I, I I did. I was a promotion coordinator. Then I was the secondary guy. You know, they had actually cr- not had a secondary person, so they had. Cre- so that was like they created that, and I I did the secondary stuff, uh, which was very fortunate because it was all the radio, all the R and R stations, and yeah, when B, back when Billboard was kind of king, yep. And then when when Billboard went to actual monitoring, and then people saw the truth, uh, the industry shifted to to, to yeah. Radio and Records a little bit more. And I knew those guys, and so it uh, so that w- and then Sony uh, Sony bought CBS. They were going to split the Columbia and the Epic labels, and so all the CBS promotion staff uh, went to Columbia. And then Jack Laymeyer, who, uh, who was the national director, went to the VP of Epic and hired a new staff. And I was one of the one of the four field guys. Okay, you, know, for, but you were for based Epic, out of Nashville. Based out of Nashville, and I covered the Northeast and the mi- in the Midwest.
0: That's so yeah. funny because I was at Sixteenth Avenue Records doing the exact same thing, calling Gavin and the Pure R and R. Yeah, yeah. Stations. And then it flipped right when I started working at RCA. And like you said, oh, well, I know these guys. Yeah. And it's like, man, that just... Was the timing just, was just oh, amazing. Silly you know, luck, for man. For
1: that, it really was. And so I did that for, for a number of years, and then the national director, and, and, and then the vice president. And, uh,
0: well, we've I just remember you guys, and obviously this was a different era. You guys were the craziest cats on Music Row, I mean... Just a couple of things that always bring smiles to my face: were the Flying Elvises,
1: <laughs>
0: your collection of shower caps,
1: yeah, shower cap and lotion parties, lotion.
0: And I think you had something to do with it, what trying to get a flying monkey. If I'm not
1: well, it wasn't a flying monkey; it was a roller skating monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big difference,
0: <laughs> especially to the monkey.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that one, that one kind of stuck. Um, and what's funny about that is, I, I as I never got it, I I would do these things, this kind of antics, and for, just so, you know, people it would would talk about things. I guess I don't know. And um, it, we, it was it was. I always thought that one of the most powerful emotions is the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, if you want if you want to do if you want to create an event or a show or anything. And you and 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 one of the greatest ways to get somebody to tell somebody about it, yeah, was it seemed like you know a, a, do a make a surprise, and so I would do these things, and I wouldn't tell anybody, not even really anybody at the company, and it would really upset our head of finance. And um, said so Jeff, yeah,
0: yes, Jeff Allen,
1: yeah, love the man, yeah, uh, he didn't really appreciate those no. things though very no. much, and um, and. <laughs> And so it was during CRS, and so I kind of had a theme, and uh, that's I would rent out in those years the all of Printer's Alley, and Mm -hmm. so have acts play in each club. It was really a good night, and um, and so, but I wanted a a a roller skating monkey. My theme was "Epic Freaks Me Out," and I had bus board advertisements (laughs) and things like that. And I wanted the little fella to <laughs> to have a uh, epic freaks me out shirt and just zip around, sure. you know, nothing m- more than just. Was that a monkey? Right. <laughs> in a t-shirt?
0: Yeah, From around. Colorado yeah, States? people. Hey,
1: when'd you get in? I got in last night. Doing pretty well. How are you? You know, what was that a monkey just zip around? And uh, how much but, do you have to drink on the flight, dude? It was hard to find the little guy. Um, Took me months to find him, and I did find one in New York. Uh, he had a he had a writer like Van Halen, you know. I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable. He had to he had to be in by a certain time. He could only perform for a certain time. He had to go to the to, 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 to a playground. <laughs> Where you taking Lucky to a look at playground? And um, and so, but I usually I would do those things, and then after the event. It all made sense to everybody, and and then they could sure. pay the bill. And well, they wanted the bill up front, and Jeff Allen was not going to have any part of it. And no, and so he he squashed it. Yeah, I was angry
0: <laughs> for a long time.
1: I well, you know, it just kind of it's what's the big deal, you know? Well, that was it's a little pricey, though. I understand
0: that was the era of excess is best. And if two things are great, then five things are way better. And you got to separate yourself. Everybody had really good music. So you got to find a way to separate yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, and that was, um, that was it. That was important. And we were all trying to outdo each other. Yeah. You know, in whether it was a show, a record, a showcase, uh, it didn't matter. You know, A, a seminar, it was all trying to up each other which was pretty fun you know oh, we had a man. good time you know i remember dreaming that dreaming up these things
0: the big joe get Diffy globe
1: oh rolling down the street rolling
0: down the street
1: yeah that was, <laughs> and then us pushing it back up 16th <laughs> avenue <laughs> it was heavy it was yeah, heavy
0: well it was big
1: it was big
0: it was the earth
1: yeah i think it Yeah, I think it knocked over didn't a telephone pole or Bennett it or something. I I think
0: it it was like a parking, no parking here or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it
1: got it must have got some steam because it. I remember. Did you
0: ever hear who did that?
1: I don't remember. I don't either. I know Jack looked
0: at me a little. Cross-eyed, it's like, no, 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 no. Oh,
1: you're yeah, like thinking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go, no. thinking it was an inside job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I go, I kind of
0: have one rule, and that's like, you know, don't poo where you sleep. Right. Go, this is, this is kind of my house,
1: too. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Not a very bright man, but uh, no. I didn't do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things I did not do. Yeah. So the Flying Elvises were Kinley's in Vegas, right?
1: They were. They were. It was uh, I had done a uh, and this and now they were really getting big. Um yeah. we had done a showcase in Saint Petersburg two weeks before and it was really awesome because it uh, it was I had, you know, four of top of the top songwriters in Nashville come and do a songwriters thing the night before yeah. for the guests and it was just beautiful and and I had had a, a stage it was like a 60 by 90 foot stage erected on the beach and um and that was difficult because every piece of equipment had to be drugged 500 yards in the sand mm. and then the manager can't comes up finally we get it done and it got you know the the, the tow motor who's pu- was pulling the generator got stuck and had to be pulled out but, and it was it it was it was uh, ridiculous for a a 30 minute set right. for the most part, and uh, <laughs> and but like it was vibe. beautiful. The sun went down, the lights came on, people were having dinner on the beach. The show was great, it was but your right,
0: version of Fire Island,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but 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 that I didn't know about the sea turtles, you know, I didn't wow. know that they're, they're really important, and um, and so the manager came <laughs> at, to me and said, Okay, you know about sea turtles, right? And I'm like, Yeah, they, they're turtles that actually swim in the sea. She goes, no, 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 no. It's mating season. I'm like, oh, good for them. That's fantastic. And uh, why are you telling me this? Lucky she goes, times. well, we the city knows about your show, and if there's, if they lay their eggs on the beach, you can't touch them. You can't disturb right. it. So what are you saying, if if they lay eggs where I'm building the stage, he goes, you can't really build the stage. I went, like, oh, okay, I get it now. And then I and I said, he, I said, so you said the city knows about the show? She goes, yeah, they're gonna. Actually, be out here at eight o'clock to inspect the site. And I went. You are guys are serious about your turtles here, and uh, and so then I had hired a maintenance guy. Well, I, I gave him a few bucks and um <laughs> to be out there at seven o'clock, you know, just to make sure. Yeah. And there were no eggs, you know. And I I I can't confirm or deny that if there were, we would have had omelets that morning for breakfast. But I, it didn't come to that. Oh. But it was a great event, and Patty Loveless was in town. She came over and did a, a, a lunchtime thing. It was just great. And then I get and there was like a hundred and ten radio guys there. Man. Right? Then two weeks later, I did one in Vegas, and now this was going to be double. It's going to be like two hundred and twenty. It was so it was like a small convention, and I didn't have all the goodies I wanted, right? And so I literally got there on a Wednesday before Saturday, and. And went through the phone book, and I'm like, I need some, I need some stuff. You some know? pizzazz. Yeah, I need some glitz. And so I you know, saw Showgirls, and I'm like, well, every party needs some Showgirls, and ordered some of those, and then I saw Flying Elvi. I went, oh, man, that's perfect. <laughs> and so I called the guy, and, and, and I asked him, I said, do you guys jump out of a plane like, like the Honeymoon in Vegas movie? And he goes, well, yeah, we, that, was, that was us, partly, you know, in that, in that movie. Oh, wow. I went, oh wow, that's fantastic. So uh I was wanting to see if you could jump for a show that I'm putting on. He goes, sure, when is it? I said, what's Saturday. <laughs> and she goes, Well, we, <laughs> little man, we um <laughs> we need like 30 days for FAA clearance. So I went, ah, that blows. Um, could I order some Elvises, you know, just to hang out? Yeah. And he goes, How many do you want? I go, Oh no, five or six. I. how many you got? And um, so I ordered some elvises to hang out and and then in the meantime I was trying to get I'd asked I was trying to get Colin Ray or another act to maybe come over and do some things and I was talking to Colin's manager and he had said uh well I, I know a guy that used to jump for those guys and he does the same thing out of Cincinnati. I went, really so I just called the guy and I told him my situation and he goes, Yeah, he's a promoter. He's but I'm a pilot. I could I could get clearance in three days. And uh did you see that?
0: Either that, or we both just had a stroke at the same time.
1: <laughs> and so uh, he said he could get it done in three days, and so I went, "Let's jump, come on." And uh, now and keep in mind, he's coming from <laughs> Cincinnati, and I'm in Las Vegas. Right. And then I called to cancel. Here's where I made a mistake. I called and to cancel my just hanging out Elvis's. and um, and I I should have just left it there, but for some stupid reason. I had to tell the cat that I found somebody else to do it. And that's when he exploded. And he said, You can't do that. I have a trademark on that. Well, what? What? Elvis is jumping out of the sky? You have a trademark on that? And so I didn't <laughs> buy it. And, uh, but then the next day he served me with papers and oh. all this stuff. And I'm now starting to freak out a little bit. And, and, uh, I called, uh, my attorney. My, <laughs> I called my attorney. He goes, Well, I have one problem. He goes, uh, so what is that? He goes, I, I represent Elvis Presley Enterprises, so I have a conflict of interest. So I'm like, oh, thanks. And, uh, and I talked to another attorney friend. And anyway, <laughs> I, uh, uh, my boss walked in and I I wasn't do, looking too good, I don't think. He goes, man, what's wrong? You don't look that good. And, and only he had other words for that. And, um,
0: this was Jack? Uh, Jack, yeah. Yeah, I know what his words were. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I said, uh, Jack, I think I'm in some trouble here. And um, and I told him, and he goes, we got a whole floor in New York of attorneys. Call one of them. And I went, good call. Good call. Fantastic. That's why you're the boss. And so I called yeah. one of them, and he said, uh, I, this was odd, because by the time I had called them, uh, the lady, on I said, I'm, uh, I'm Rob Dalton with Epic, and I, I need to talk to an attorney and she goes, are you the Elvis guy? I went, what? I went, yeah. He goes, how? He goes, hang on. We've been having a ball with this. And uh, so the guy gets on. I tell him the stuff. And he took it from there. And so we jumped.
0: That's so funny that they already knew about it.
1: That was weird. I You've don't know how that happened. your call. I don't know how that, that happened. But anyway, it was. And so after the show, there was, you know, I. I I got up on stage and I thanked everybody for being there and I said well, I'm not quite done yet. Follow me and so like the Pied Piper, <laughs> uh, two hundred plus people are following me out into the parking lot and then from like fifteen thousand feet they start to come down and and uh, all lit up and land right in front of us and everybody's you know screaming and wanting to get their picture made and yeah. they came up to the party and hung out and. And they were horrible-looking Elvises, which was beautiful. Because exactly. It was, you know, they really didn't look anything like well, they, Elvis. <laughs>
0: they just fell fifteen thousand I mean, feet. <laughs> yeah. And so but then, then the Kinleys came up to you and said, uh, "So that's recoupable, right?"
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to need to sell some more records. Yeah,
1: it was a pricey weekend, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Dude, do those kind of showcases still have any place? in country music anymore or is that just I,
1: I I think they do on a smaller scale yeah uh, you know I yeah. think that there's there's people that are still doing their showcases so to speak or shows you know quite frequently I think but but that was that was a bit I don't see them that large anymore and rightly so because it was I mean it was probably oh man. probably <laughs> a quarter of a million dollar weekend yeah you know and so, yeah, it, the stakes are high.
0: I got to imagine anything now would be three, four, five different acts instead of just razor, laser focusing on one act,
1: yeah. You it, uh, spread it around, yeah. And there's, uh, there's, um, it, it just seems that there is, I think it seems to be harder to get people out just because in a lot of Seems like they're just busier than they've ever been. Programmers, I'm talking. Sure.
0: About. Well, they're covering two or three stations. And right. You know, that, back you know. this
1: was back before that. You know, Telecom Act had really taken its effect, and yeah, and there was, you know, one guy at one station instead of right. one guy covering five stations. Yeah. And Maybe in five different cities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, the the intensity of of of. Or the responsibility of programmers is just—it is a little mind-numbing how much there is on their plate now. Yeah, and that's probably what's so frustrating is because it—it it is you know, getting getting attention or or, or or staying in communication seems to be more difficult. Um, I, I I think that I, I don't know if you can ever replace just getting on a plane or a car and sitting in front of somebody ever.
0: Man, I remember. The- I was out with FGL for a couple of years, and I just remember all of Scott's guys. If they couldn't get him on the phone, they were just texting. And it's yeah. like, does that does that pass as a promo call? Mm-hmm. I said, really? Because I used to sit on as you very well know. I used to sit on hold for forty five minutes and then talk for thirty minutes. And they go,
1: no, <laughs> never, no. You don't no. get
0: thirty minutes a year with half of these guys. Yeah, is, and that's
1: what's and 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 and, and that, you know technology. You would think would make things easier, but it certainly impersonalizes things. And, yeah, and email and text and it's just you know it's easier for them to uh, either not deal with it or say no or I mean it's it kind of handicaps the promo guy a little bit I think you know but that's what you're relegated to sometimes I
0: would think it would be really hard to build a story when it the first thing you can't your first hurdle is just getting them to hear the record
1: yeah yeah and find out kind of where you're at you know as far as being able to to develop a real start on a launch on a record Mm. and it's um so it it's got its it's got its challenges and uh and you know and I think they're playing less music too. So yeah. it's um it makes it that much more intense.
0: Can you still break an act without radio or can you break an act without radio not still?
1: Well, um I th- uh I don't know of an act that has broken indie into, into a significant level without radio. Yeah, uh, you t- I guess talking about streaming world and, and those yeah. type of things, and um, just
0: social media and everything that goes along with it. It's
1: still, you know, with all the noise about streaming, which is clearly headache as as a path towards yeah. the future. And um, but it's it's still a, a small. It's a it's still a small percentage of the reach that you get with terrestrial radio. Right. There's much noise and press and media and talk and all this, but when you look at the actual reach, it's it's nowhere close. Dude. Yeah. And um, you know, the top streaming songs, yeah. uh, say the top 20 streaming songs, they're all hits. Every one of them, you know.
0: They're already hits.
1: They're already radio yeah. terrestrial radio right, hits, right. you know. Unless, you know, there's the Blanco Brown that just kind of uh, uh, uh showed up in there and it hasn't really developed into a terrestrial song yet uh although they did just ship it and um uh, but it is it's 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 amazing that the decisions are uh, for programmers are you remember when you can you could actually talk a guy into playing a record oh man based on based on the merits of the music the song the artist the you know the the passion the pitch all of those things but yeah. it just you know i find myself quoting statistics and analytics oh, and, it. and it's you know all in a uh, all in an attempt to to help them minimize their risk by proving evidence that people dig it And, uh, like three
0: minutes is going to sink their radio station. Right. I used to say, dude, if if you playing one song is going to kill your station, you have way bigger problems (laughs) than one song.
1: Yeah. And I, um, there's just, and, and I think there's a sense of, you know, Big Brother's watching. So I, I, there's, there's more of a cautiousness, you know. About stepping on solid ground instead of man, I love this song. I remember you could go oh, visit man. a rail station, play them a song, they loved it, and you could hear it while you're driving out of town. Yep. you know it was you don't really get that very much anymore <laughs> uh, or I don't so <laughs> well, I, just, I
0: mean obviously, with all these stories, I mean we've all had soaring highs and heartbreaking lows with with artists. Do you have any of either or that pop into your head?
1: Um. Let's see. Uh, well, I I th- one of the um the this was fun. Um, it was, it, uh, the the first act that I was charged with writing the launch plan for I was as a as a director as a national mm-hmm. director uh, was Ty Herndon, and so it was <laughs> uh, it was magical. I mean, what mattered most was such a it was a monstrous record and. And it was, you know, it was a, a, a significant number one single and, and, and the artist trajectory was potentially unheard of. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we had shipped the second single and it was, I think it was 92, 93% of the panel on in week two, you know, yeah. and it was just wonderful. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, it, and then that changed and
0: uh I actually had that written down. Ty Herndon comes to mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it was and and it was my first it was my first experience in end crisis control, really. Yeah. Because uh there there was a point in time where you know ads uh, dr- having stations drop a record had I think more of uh, uh, an impact than maybe what it does now. You have one or two drops on a on a station and um and your record could be oh, seriously boy. over. Yeah. and um, and we had eighty. <laughs> <laughs> first, first week. <laughs> well, in week three, yeah. Okay. So we had we had gotten ninety-two percent of the panel, on it. then we had eighty drop it in 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 week three, and and we battled. Uh, we we battled back to I think by the time Monday rolled around, which is when the the, the reports would be in, and yeah, we had we had whittled that down to thirty lost our bullet but you know it was funny it was that it was it was a song called i want my goodbye back and and our mantra was i want my bullet back and (laughs) and uh but it was um it we took it personal in a way i think and absolutely and we um i i don't know if i've ever seen before or since a group of people dig down into a place that you don't go to very often and just put it all on the line yeah. and it was it was pretty it was so hard but it was it was amazing to see and so we got it back and and yes the trajectory changed but the uh but you know that was a top 5 single too and um yeah and it was but it was you know things did Kind of well, I
0: think you take it personal, and we don't need to go into what happened, but I'm sure you had the same talk that I did with every act. Work as hard as we do, and let's see what happens. We'll either hit it out of the park together, or we will go back home and crawl in a hole together. Either And then to have it just sabotaged... Yeah. You know, pulled out from under you guys. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your regional's fault. It wasn't the record's fault. It wasn't radio's fault. Yeah. That kind of stuff kind of makes you pull your hair out and go, why are we working so freaking hard? Why have I been gone for the last 36 weekends in a row <laughs> right. doing this?
1: Yeah. And it was, it, it was, I don't know, something drove us. That went yeah. beyond the record, went beyond the job, went beyond any anything. It was just we're not gonna we're not gonna just let this happen, right. you know, without a fight, so to speak. And I was proud of everybody. They, it was, I mean, it was it was it was ten hours a day, and usually it seemed like there was on the line with one and two or three on hold, and and it was it was a lot of. It was it, it. It was hard. There was a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming.
0: Dude, me and Adrian had Third Coast yeah. Entertainment, and yeah. every call I was like, "What do you know about this?" Yeah. I was I, was like, like, dude, <laughs> I don't know anything, and I said, "All those cats at Epic are my friends, it, and so if you're looking for dirt, I'm the wrong guy,
1: man." Yeah, and our label friends didn't help either. You know, <laughs> no, surprised, surprised <laughs> by that. Yeah.
0: If it didn't get brought up, they brought it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or they could fax the re- police report to every radio station oh, yeah, in America. Oh yeah, I remember that. that happened too. Yeah,
0: that um, had words on there I'd never seen in a row. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's uh, he's so talented. He is yep. so talented.
0: And, what about some of the highs? Uh,
1: you know, probably some of those. Um, you know, anytime you break something through yeah i is 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 a high because it's such a it's so such an arduous process to navigate yeah. a song all the way through and the highs and lows of uh, of of breaking some through but i think maybe uh once i um once i once i got out of the corporate side and um and 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 really st- as an experiment more than anything else i guess was was wondering if, if it was possible to break something outside of a corporate structure or not, because it really hadn't ever been done before. There's a couple of flukes here and there, but there was no consistency. And so it was, I, you know, I wonder if it can happen because if it can happen, then there's the possibility that as, as, um, that, that that you could rewrite the organizational structure of what a label even is today, or at yeah. least challenge what that is, and and be able to to, to, to to work with a um, be able to control your overhead better. Which Jeff Allen would be proud for me saying that, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but it's true, and um and so and so breaking a song outside of that structure. For the first time, was pretty significant. Yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, and it was and it was pretty quick. It was.
0: uh, This is new revolution.
1: Yeah, yeah. This was. uh, She started in two thousand six. Two thousand six. Uh huh.
0: So, can you explain? Was that a promo company artist development? Was it just all the above?
1: You know, that's a great question. Um, It was really Ken, Ken. can we can we break a record outside? Is it possible to break a record outside yeah. of a corporate structure or not? Let's do that because it, it was so funny to me. Just it, it, how not funny, but just the reality that how radio drives this whole town. You yeah, know? it's 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 like there's so many people that seem to be handcuffed to some degree on what they can do based on what a record does on the charts. Yeah and so it's like man if we get that piece right then it does seem like things fall into place for everybody else a little bit easier and um
0: well hit records do, uh help you get, raise your bookings get more dates more money i mean everything uh, yeah
1: i mean it's just it, it affects every single everything. aspect of the industry and uh and so it was you know i i didn't know i didn't know if it was possible or not but pretty quickly it, it uh, we we were able to break through with a uh, a Emerson Drive song called Moments, and that was their first number one single. Yep. And it was it was you know after they had been dropped from a uh, from a, uh, a corporate label, so to speak. And uh, and so it, it it opened my eyes to the fact that yeah, it can happen. Thirteen years later, it's a it's hard, man. It's, yeah, it's you know it's hard enough when you have the leverage of a corporate. You know, when you're wearing a VP jacket and you take that off and get out of the VP chair and take the label moniker off, now go break a record is a yeah. is a is a it's a tough putt. You know, but it we've been really fortunate, uh, I think, over the years. But it's it's hard. It makes me old feeling. Hmm. And uh, but there is you know there is excitement when you do when you do break one through. You know, and
0: so. Would you rather break a baby act or grow an established act?
1: It's a great question. They each have their own complications, yeah. um, and there are
0: different rewards.
1: Yeah, I mean when um, when when uh, Big and Rich left Warner Brothers, for instance, they had been there for twelve years, and uh, and so we took out you know the the four singles, and so the first three were. Were top ten singles, and in the, the fourth one was uh, went to seventeen. But they had never had two back to back singles in their career before, ever. And really? they certainly didn't have three, and wow. so uh, they they had enjoyed a greater success in the in the four years that we worked with them than they than they did the entire twelve years. I imagine, you know, as far as
0: their, yeah.
1: as far as their brand and their brand value and their touring and their. I mean, it it was it was a whole new life for them. Yeah, and so that was uh, and and it was it sometimes seems to be a little more difficult to to break uh, records from artists that have 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 a little bit of history on them may and maybe started to uh, be past their peak.
0: Well, I I kind of wanted to ask you about that because like I know. Uh... And obviously, this is a long time ago, but Reba McIntyre, when she was on Mercury, had six albums without a hit. Oh, wow. And then she went to MCA on her seventh album and had her first hit. And then, obviously, you say, you know, you bring up Big and Rich, 12 years there. Should acts be given more second chances? I mean, of course, it depends on the music, but. Just because you didn't make it over at label a if you're working with label B should you be given a, a I don't know if a clean slate's a good word for it but a, another chance
1: I would I would hope so because if if that hadn't happened you know think we wouldn't have a Reba McIntyre or we, absolutely you know, think about some of the acts that didn't come out of the gate cracking and, and um and it's but I don't know if that's possible anymore yeah just because of the you get your you get your couple slots and, and dude that's it you know it seems like anyway or you get or there's so there's so many artists that are waiting for their to come out you know yeah. on any particular imprint it seems like i mean it's like their
0: pipelines full
1: yeah just like planes sitting on a t- tarmac waiting to take off and so and there there's sh- there's so much music being shipped I, I it's so much there's just no possible way that, that the system can absorb all that music and so what you lose is 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 the depth i think of a lot of artists and and they they don't get the deep foundation they need for that 12 to 15 year career that yeah. that country has enjoyed for for so for so long and you see you know some having a hit or two and then not being able to to grow from there that, that's that's tragic because there's a lot of talented, deserving artists in music that is probably not getting the chance that it it deserves because of uh, the there's the 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 landscape is so crowded and and there's something coming right behind it. Yeah, I mean, literally right behind it.
0: It's crazy, man. You go on the road and you see acts that have had. Four top ten records, and they're still the third act on a three act bill. Yeah. And that's, you just watch them, and you kind of, in your heart of hearts, you go, that's where you're going to be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Either that or you're going to go headline clubs. Right. And man, it's just like, obviously, we'd all be billionaires if we could put our finger on why that is. It's just, I don't know, man. It's an interesting, interesting business.
1: Yeah. It's an odd one for I sure. I think that's
0: what's fun about it, though. Yeah. Every day brings a new set of what ifs.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's an it, it's an odd one. I and I didn't. I don't know if I really realized how odd it was because um, I. It's all I've ever done. Yeah. And so when I started to, you know, when I would talk to uh, really investors and venture capitalists and people outside of the industry and and start to have conversations in their vernacular, the, the music business doesn't work like. Most businesses that they're used to you no. know as far as being able to to uh to predict things, yeah, and, and uh there's there's no real it's music you know still, but
0: it's emotions
1: you would hope, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you would hope <laughs>
0: you would hope,
1: yeah, it'd be great,
0: so after fifteen years, you left epic. Was that your decision, or were you on the Bart Allman career path of somebody else showing you the door? No,
1: I wish I would have because you probably got a severance. And, um, did yeah, yeah uh, you don't get that when you leave, right? And uh, <laughs> and I had uh, and I had actually had a that was into my contract. I had a, another three year deal on my desk, but I could see in the not so distant future the Sony BMG merger yeah coming and it didn't feel to me like it was going to be that sony was going to get the the upper end of that stick oh,
0: okay yeah
1: and uh and so it was it, i just it it did i didn't think that i should i was looking for other things and fortunately i it didn't take very long um because i i i was i was there i just kind of inquired and 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 uh my, and and I but I knew it just I don't I don't think that this is going to be good for the Sony crew right basically and it wasn't you yeah. know and it was yeah it actually wasn't good at all for the Sony crew. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: but if you But
1: looking back if I would have hung on just a yeah. little longer then I could have got you know I'd been there a long time so I I I, I jumped out you know, leaving a you know a any type of severance package, which was probably not smart. Dude, but, if you um, would
0: have had like if they would have owed you two years of severance, that would have been nice.
1: Yeah, it was. any. I'm not yeah, trying to rub it in. I yeah, that's say. okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a week would have been better than what I got.
0: So. <laughs> so but, you went to Curb, is that correct? Uh,
1: yeah, and so uh, Mike had started, uh, uh, re, re, kind of relaunched the Asylum. Asylum, imprint. yeah. And so we had some pretty good success there. We had a, uh, a hit with Winona, uh, What the World Needs Now, and uh, and relaunched Leanne Rhymes' career with uh, mm. um, uh, Probably Wouldn't Be This Way was a big record for her. And uh, I think we had two, two or three... Top five singles uh, on her after a hiatus. We uh, so that was that was kind of that was good. We had we launched a group with got a couple of guys I love Blue County. You know, oh yeah, man, Aaron and Scott, and that was good. Little girls, that was a debut top ten single for them, and a couple of I think there were two Trick Pony songs that we got inside the top fifteen, and so there was. You know, was there it was, just
0: was it? corporate but on a smaller level than epic so you were just bringing a pant load of experience into this and just kind of trying to drag them up or was it just kind of this is how we're doing it and this
1: no it was i mean there were a lot of similarities there were yeah. some differences but it was it was certainly not as corporate as right. as, as, as which was nice yeah you know, it was really nice because it it kind of frees you up a little bit and 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 we and, and not having to stick really so closely to the to to the release schedule was was profoundly important because oh, it man. it allowed some maneuverability because yeah. sometimes you're in a setup launching set, up for a launch and you just you need just a little more time you know and at Sony for instance I never you know. Moving moving an airplane date was like an act of Congress. And um, Well
0: especially when we had three labels yeah. sitting there and, and we're
1: trying to keep out of each other's yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can't
0: move it one week because then two other whole labels have to move theirs. Yeah, yeah it, that's it, a lot it, of
1: it is a lot of that. Yeah. You know? And so that it was nice to, to that that was nice. And um, and so it was you know, it was a good crew of people over there.
0: That's awesome. How uh, and this is the impossible question, but good and bad, how's the business changed? You think in thirty years?
1: Um, I think that it is. Uh, I well, I think that companies are making money again. You know, in that transition from the decline of CD sales until streaming kind of caught on. Now there's there's now there's an enough audience that companies are making money, and so there's a lot of optimism out there good. right now. Uh, radio from uh, is is um is 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 more corporately run than yeah. you know what was funny was um i remember when the uh the telecom act passed in 96 and and the thought the fear was that oh no it's going to buy up all these there's going to be one big two couple of big conglomerates and they're going to control everything and um and it uh, it took a minute, yeah, like about twenty years. But we are starting to see, you know, that, yeah, you know, if you're, you you if you know, iHeart represents say thirty three percent of the panel, you know, which is a large percentage.
0: Talk about too big to fail.
1: It's yeah, I mean it it you know yeah I I I do think that the uh uh, uh the pre Group era uh, allowed for records to get through a little better. How do you do? And I, uh, I, I because of the diversity of and there was there was more autonomy, and even inside that, you know, they'll say that they and you know a lot, a lot of them you know do, but there's still Big Brother's watching. It's like okay, so you may not have to play everything we want you to play, but just know that if you don't. Or if you go, if you're playing too much stuff and your ratings start to yeah. uh, uh, falter, I, yeah, we will use this against you. Yeah. You, know, you can do whatever you want, though. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it must be frustrating, and obviously he's retired, but like a guy like J.D. Cannon that just loved music. Yeah. Loved playing new stuff. Yeah. He'd throw anything on there. If he was your friend, and he was everybody's friend because he was such yeah. a great guy, if you needed one spin... Sure, I'll play it on my show in the afternoons. You know, yeah. I mean, he'd play anything yeah. just to be a man, and he loved music. And I got to think that there's not a as much room for that yeah. as there used to be.
1: No, because of what anywhere. you just said. Yeah, I don't think there's. I mean, there there is some of that, but nowhere near. You know what it could be. I, yeah, I, there's and now everything is automated and voice tracked and and. Um, uh, not everything, but it's uh, it's amazing to you know uh, what you don't hear anymore is a programmer tell you that I put it on the air and the phones just blew up.
0: Oh, dude! I I uh, <laughs> uh, you
1: know I hadn't heard that and I don't even I mean that's back in the day day. I'll never forget um, the excitement that I had when Dale Van Horn remember uh, Dale Van Horn
0: absolutely
1: uh, called me up and. Uh, <laughs> And he, he'd, he had just played this new guy's uh, Doug Stone's I'd Be Better Off in a Pine Box. Oh, man. And he called me up and he said, This, I just had like a phone meltdown. This is just, it was, he was excited. I was excited. Yeah. It was one of the first indications that, oh, my, there may be something here. And uh, it was, yeah. you know, that was, it just kind of got you going. And it, yeah, you don't really see that anymore. Dude. <laughs>
0: I'm, now that the, uh, what's the limitations, the legal, the, the statute of limitations has passed. All right. I used to keep post-it notes on the rearview mirror of my car. This was way before caller ID and stuff. <laughs> and every morning on my way to work, especially if I got a station like uh, KCQ in uh, Saginaw. Saginaw, if they told me, we're just not getting any phones. Go, okay, okay, well, I get it. I'm, you know what? I've known you, worked with you so long, I'm just going to believe you. I'd call every morning on my way in
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: and request that song. Every day on my way home, request that song. So the next week, I'd call them, you getting any phones? No, we haven't had one call. Oh, it's like,
1: I do, well, I see. Yep. I
0: I can't tell you that I know you have
1: right. I can't tell you that you're lying to me. No, I, I know you've you had at
0: least ten calls. But... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: God, those were fun times. They though, were man. fun times. Yeah. And they'd always go like you had to know the terrain though. It was like, well, where are you calling from? I'm at that Suds and Duds. There was a little laundromat like three blocks from the radio station yeah, that yeah. had a bar in it. You could go drink a beer and do yeah, your laundry. Do your laundry. Yeah. So that's where I always was. Remember? And buy some crack
1: on the corner if <laughs> you wanted so. to. Right. I think. <laughs> Uh, At that station they had prison wire around it, remember, yeah, it was uh
0: dude, that was not yeah, yeah if they, you had a pretty girl artist, you wanted to go in there like midday, yeah, for sure, and then
1: get out, yeah, pretty much any time I would get out of there before <laughs> the fun was until
0: isn't there a fud records like uh thirty miles from here <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's let's go there, well, dude, you have set it all, do you want to do my lightning round? Of course. What this is is uh, no thinking, just answer. Okay. Unless you want to think.
1: No, I don't think very much either. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, should, this should be this should be right down my alley.
0: It's late in the day. Yeah. What's your favorite book?
1: Oh, dude, I don't. Uh, favorite book? Yeah. Favorite favorite book? Favorite book. All time favorite? Yep. Well, I'd have to say the Bible. Yeah, I mean it's probably the only book I read every day. So I'd say the Bible.
0: That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. Oh wow. Are you a uh, bath or a shower guy?
1: I'm a shower guy. Nice. With multi multi head shower guy. Nice. I like I like a I like it coming in from every direction. <laughs> it's kind of like my day, you know, just prepares <laughs> me for the day.
0: And you can't ever be scared to take more than one shower a day.
1: No. No, you can't.
0: It's a good thing. No. What's the last gift you gave someone?
1: The last gift I gave someone. Uh, Well, I gave my uh, sister a shirt that says Big Sis. Nice. What's important about that, it was last weekend, and I met her for the first time. What? Right? Never met her. And so she was, uh, she was a product of my father's previous marriage before right. my, my mom, but I didn't know about it until I was about mid-30s. Wow. It was, uh, it was uh, and I didn't know how to find her. And she reached out about a month ago. She lives in Shreveport, and we met for the first time.
0: Dang.
1: And so I gave her a shirt and said, Big Sis up.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Did you ask her if she's Spanish or Mexican?
1: She thinks she wants to be Italian. <laughs> I think we're Italian. Well, I can promise you there's uh, okay. not anywhere close You can to think Italian whatever
0: you anymore. want, sis. Uh, have you ever been stun gunned?
1: <laughs> I don't know what that means.
0: Like a stun gun from a cop? No. Okay. No. I just figured with all the flying Elvis I No,
1: no, but I... Uh, that's good. No. I, that's good. No.
0: What's the first concert you saw and how old were you?
1: first concert i saw was elvis presley what at mtsu i was in 1976 i think i was i think 11
0: that was blake Chansey's too
1: and uh
0: same exact show
1: was it yeah yeah i remember being scared you know that intro oh
0: man
1: (laughs) i was so, so scared me so much so that was uh, the first one I went to, like on my own. Was a uh, let's see, it was a Rush, nice Rush, Saxon, and something else at the Auditorium. <laughs> yes. And then for about three or four years, it didn't matter who it was; I would just go, go, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is still every concert I go to. Is... My
1: mom, my mom took us because we couldn't drive yet. So I was fifteen, I think. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of the aromatics going yes. on Yeah. There. Oh, so
0: she was in the concert? She didn't just drop you off and then pick she you went, up? She
1: went, yeah. She wanted to check it out. Oh, my. She, and she let me go back to another concert. She didn't go back, but she let me go back. So.
0: Man. What's your uh, favorite place to travel?
1: I like Europe a lot. Yeah. I like Europe a lot, a lot. And so uh, anywhere... Over there, Germany, Italy, Spain, France. We're going to. My, my wife and I are celebrating our 30 year anniversary in October, and we're going to go to France. And and uh, we've been there many times. She's she's fluent in French, so it really is convenient. We that's got some nice. friends over there, and and but then I, recently I got I've been getting into backcountry camping, and so that's <laughs> been that's been I love it getting out in the woods. I know. would
0: not have pegged you for that.
1: I yeah no you wouldn't. I, I climbed Mount Mitchell uh, a couple of about a month ago. Where's that? It is uh, in it's in it's a it's in North Carolina. It's about fifty miles oh, okay. southeast of Knoxville. It's the highest peak uh, east of the Mississippi. Okay, so we did twenty five point seven nine miles, an elevation a climb elevation of eight thousand two hundred eighty five feet with a sixty pound pack on your back.
0: Did you do that in one day?
1: Uh, no. You st- okay. Uh, we did about nine miles a day. Okay. And so it was,
0: which was plenty.
1: Hardest thing I've ever done, dude. I hurt. It was so hard.
0: Are you in good shape? I
1: thought I was. I thought I was, really? I thought I was yeah. in at least okay shape. Yeah. I did it. I mean, I, I'm in better. I, it it pushed me beyond anything I'd ever done. I bet. But it was fun. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I may never do it again, but I'm glad I did. It. Yeah. <laughs> hey.
0: You, you, that's like fl- jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. I remember when I did that my first time, I, my parents were like, Are you out of your mind? Because my dad's a pilot. It's like, Why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? <laughs> I said, I want to do it once. When I die, I don't want to go, I've got 3,500 jumps under my belt. I go, I got one. Yeah. And it was awesome.
1: It was awesome. Did your guy ask you if uh, he, 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 my, I tandem jumped. Oh, yeah, I did shoot. too. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, You like to go fast? I went, well, What do you mean? He goes, well, uh, I said, "What part of hurling to the earth is not fast?" He goes, "We can go faster if you pull your legs up to your chin." I went, "Oh, fabulous! We can get you up to about a buck And I, went, I don't, I don't know, dude. I'm just gonna. It was fun, though. It was fun. I did pull and we and we rolled. It was fun.
0: I did it in uh, Murfreesboro at the airport, and. Somebody later said, Aren't you afraid of dying? And I'm going, dude, we did tandem? I I don't think this guy wants to die anymore more than right, I do. Right, yeah. And the funniest part was he smacked me on the head and he points, he goes, There's my apartment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see,
0: he pointed out this apartment complex.
1: I went down to play golf with Bill Gentry, you know, oh, a, yeah. owner, Wild Wild Bills in Atlanta yeah. and we were gonna play golf. And he goes, "Hey man, instead of golfing, you want to jump out of a plane?" And I had like my golf <laughs> sandals on, golf shoes, you know. So I guess, man, you know. So I wouldn't really quit, but it was fun. It was mm. a lot of fun.
0: So, what song do you never want to hear again?
1: Uh, the, shark, the the little the Sharky Tail song or the uh, I don't know what that is. It's uh, I don't
0: have any kids. I'm guessing that's a yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: anything like that. Uh what song would I never that <laughs> any type of let me see. Um I don't know. What song do I um you know, any of those annoying songs, you yeah. know. It's a small world, oh, the, John Jangle, Jinger, Jinger, Heimer, Jingle Smith, uh, you know, any <laughs> of those things that get in your head. But it's fascinating <laughs> that the power of a hook, you know. Yeah. And it just it it's it's there's something there's there's something profoundly important about a, a right hook and melody as oh, you man. as a songwriter would I, I can, you can totally appreciate um, it.
0: Amazing when you hear a song and you you can smell the popcorn or whatever from the movie theater you heard that song in for the yeah. first time. Yeah, there's something it's just amazing.
1: Really, that's what that's when musical uh, music is probably is at its most beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and so my hat's off to those songs that when you can't, you know, it's oh, like, don't, 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 don't get it in my head because no. once you get in, it don't get out. Yeah. You know? But I May wish I'd have wrote it.
0: Play some song that I also hate. Yeah. Right. So this is dumb because you've only ever been in this business, but what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you do and did?
1: I, I, I'd probably be an architect. Seriously? Yeah. I like architecture and I like I, I, I like... I really, and I almost kind of went that route because I really got into, I like mechanical drawing and I like the, I just, I like, I like architecture and I like the math of it and I like the creativity of it and I don't know much about it. So I think I, I went, like it.
0: I went to college in my, uh, at University of Nebraska and my major was architectural design. Are you serious? Yep. I never knew Cause that. Cause I'm totally with you. That's just, it's I never knew
1: that. I am fascinated by it. Yes. And
0: you find out like, what's a water closet?
1: Right. <laughs> well, that's what cultured people call it. Uh, right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, hardest there, What's next?
1: I'm. Uh, what's next for me is I'm, I'm. I'm. I've been working on. I've been developing a, a, an analytics platform for the last two and a half years, and so I'm Dang. really close to a beta version of that, and I'm. It's. It's been. It's it's I'm really excited about it, but it has been something that I didn't realize how much there was to it. There's a lot to it, I bet. And, um, and so it's uh, but it's close. It's getting close, and I'm really excited to go into that world. And uh, because now with all with 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 the way that you can sort information, and that's basically what it is. I mean, who needs another analytics platform, right? We got <laughs> analytics coming out our ears. <laughs> <laughs> but what this does is it will sort that information in ways that I think are helpful and, and beneficial. Like for for a promotion person, it, it it will it will literally point you as to where your best shots for new growth and new airplay will, will probably come from or kind of go towards lowest hanging fruit, so to speak, based on history and 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 certain patterns of that radio station. And it's um, it just takes and, and 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 is is a promotional tool that will, like for instance, you know you would you would call up a radio station and you would ask them, hey, what are you looking at this week? Well, this will give you the whole stack of what hmm. there is in the analytics on on each of those titles, and you know so this but,
0: would be for labels and managers, and labels stuff to use?
1: managers, you know, for for managers and artists. There's a, it's a it's a it's a robust database that will have everything you would ever want to know about a radio station including personnel and pds and mds their pictures their social links their bios their uh, a note section so you can keep track of all of that there's a there's a heat interactive heat map which is kind of cool cuz if, if as an artist you can or a manager and you know that if you if you if you need a an airplay reach of x number of plays mm-hmm. in market size x to sell out a two thousand seat venue, then this will notify you when you cross that over. So wow. to kind of give you, a, if you haven't booked a show here, you you've got enough audience based on right. your own history to be able to do that. That's crazy. So there's, it's 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 really really I'm very excited about it,
0: dude. That's awesome. Yeah. And well, man, I'm so thankful that you did this. It's I'm so good to see you. Buddy. So thankful you're Look, happy. Ray, you too, man. Sound
1: great. I'm so happy for you. You're
0: always one of the guys I had the highest respect for, and just uh-huh. how professional you were in everything. And I'm thankful oh. we're friends, and I, I can't believe it's been this long since we've seen each other.
1: So. Yeah, it's way too long. We should. Absolutely. Shouldn't. Thanks for reaching out. I appreciate it. This That's is all.
0: awesome. That's all we got.
1: <laughs> okay, buddy. Thanks, Rob.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye.